Welcome back, everyone. The gallery you use Hi, I'm Robin. Hi, I'm Duncan. Hi, I'm Neil. We are going to be a podcast primarily focusing on everything Pokemon. Welcome back, everyone, to the Gala Region News at 8, episode 12. And as always, we have our truly, truly wonderful hosts, myself, Robin, and the other two. <laughs> yes, there is I, Neil, who may or may not have been the Martian Manhunter all along. Uh, and there is me, Duncan, who's decided that whatever episode I'd liked or didn't like at the end, I'm picking whichever one Neil is going for against you, Robin. <laughs> After that introduction, my tour begins. But what happens if I pick the one that Neil picks? I somehow pick the other one. Well, no, no, that's fine, but I would still win. <laughs> so we have some Pokemon news for you, surprisingly. Pokemon podcast having Pokemon news. Not a tremendous amount again more leaning towards Pokemon Go, but we have some interesting Pokemon TCG news. But before that, I'm assuming I know what Neil's already going to say, but how has your guys' week been? Have you done anything interesting? Potentially watched any film that may be four hours long? (laughs) Four hours and two minutes, to be precise. Is it worth four hours and two minutes of your life now? I could have watched that for ten hours, you know me. (laughs) To be fair, from what I've seen of it, it does look better than what was released in the cinema. Yes, um, we should actually, for context of the people who may not know, we are talking about... The new Pokemon film that came out. Yes, the new Justice League film that came out is masses better than the first one. It is a lot more consistent. The one thing you can notice about the first one is that it's quite obviously two different films. They've just been sort of Frankensteined together. And here you've got much more consistent tone. All of the jokes and the weird pervy shots of Wonder Woman and characters weirdly perving on her, that's all gone. And replaced with Um, slow motion. There's not that much slow motion in it, to be fair. The only time it's ever noticeable is the part where there's like this big group shot, but the other slow motion has just been when it's been a flash scene. The flash is moving so quickly, you're either not going to see anything at all or you're going to have to see it in slow motion. So yeah, it's totally consistent. Uh, The characters are much more consistent, uh, with the exception of the weird things that were going on with the Aquaman characters. Not Aquaman himself, but... With Mira and Volko, there's a f- couple of continuity wobbles between this and the Aquaman film. Yeah, recons happen all the time. Uh, a big thing that really stood out to me was how just bland and awful the soundtrack was to the first one. Because the soundtrack's entirely new. The original composer was brought back for the four-hour version because Joss Whedon brought on a different composer. The guy that made the Simpsons theme tune. This new one's a lot more dynamic. So, score out of 10? Score out of 10? Going to say... Let's for the most part give it a nice healthy 9. What would you have given the uh, the other one? First one... (sighs) 6? 
That's higher than I was expecting you to say. What about you, Duncan? What have you been up to? Uh, I have not done a lot because I've not been very well this week. Not COVID. In theory, I'm like more immune to COVID currently because I have a cold, which supposedly if you have a cold, it stops COVID from getting in. So really, every I should just like sneeze on everyone in the world and that we're all immune to COVID for a bit and it goes away because no one can catch it. I'll get on the phone to Boris right now. <laughs> I don't know why they've been wasting the time with a vaccine when they could have just had me sneezing on them. So I've still not been offered my vaccine. No, neither have I. I don't I think, think we will any time soon, unfortunately. Here of a lot of people that are in getting their offers and not people that are in vulnerable categories or in particular professions and stuff like that. Okay, then where's mine? We're old souls. Then, like statistics, we're still young, so we're like, nah, they won't, they won't need it. Yeah, it, it works off like in your area, so it's like a million doses get delivered to a town of a million people, then everyone will get one. But because we're getting like a hundred thousand, still way far behind. We don't live in a place with a particularly young population. We do have a lot of a lot of old people in this town, don't we? I mean, that's probably like the third highest industry in our town. It's like retirement homes. There's like loads. Yeah, there's two on. There's two. There's literally two on my street alone. On the street that me and Duncan used to live on, like an entire side of it was like old people's homes and like care homes and stuff like that. Yeah. And we lived on a very long road. And somehow we weren't in any of those homes. And um, when I was looking to. When, when I moved out, I was so disappointed because I was going to move into a retirement home, but the only requirement was you had to be 65 years or older. <laughs> you could pass this out. Yeah. Be like, spend some time with me and then you'll understand. Uh, unfortunately, the law doesn't accommodate for you being as old as you feel. <laughs> Should do. And my week has been... Well, it was pretty uneventful until yesterday. And a little peek behind the curtain. We were meant to record yesterday, but something happened that meant I was unavailable to do so. That thing was my kitten decided that it was going to get itself stuck in a wall. So then I had to spend a good couple hours ripping bits of my, like, skirting board's the easiest way to explain it, but it's not really skirting board. It's like the boxing around pipes. So it could get out because it was just sat there meowing and meowing and meowing. And turns out that it wasn't actually stuck, it just was being a pain. Yeah. Kittens are dicks, but they're just so lovely. Yeah, I know. And the big reveal of the names, if people have been waiting, is uh, the kitten is named Took, spelt T-U-K, and the mum is named Cotton. Can either of you two tell me what that is in reference to? I can because you told me. <laughs> well, that's pretty easy then. What about you, Duncan? Uh, I did guess when you told me, but got it more from the Took than the Cotton. It's a Lord of the Rings fan. They are Good hobbits name. from the Shire. Surnames from hobbits of the Shire. But yeah. You weren't allowed to call them, you know, Meowth and Glamiow. No. I was not allowed. To be fair, I shot down a lot of names that uh, was also offered, so I suppose it's fair. Some were going to be Harry Potter names, 
and I was not having that because I am not really a big fan of Harry Potter. Probably the worst one was going to be Bilbo, just because... Yeah, that's not a great name. That's not a great name for a kid cat. No. I'm going to call the mother cat Mewtwo and the kid Mew. I don't care what you call them, that's what I'm going to call them from now on. <laughs> that's fine. They're not going to respond to it anyway. They don't respond to their names at the minute anyway at all. <laughs> when, I'm, when I get to meet them in the, you know, the after times, the fabled after times, yeah. I'm probably ever only ever going to refer to them as Kitty Cat. I mean, to be fair, I refer to the mum as mum, and I refer to the kitten as small boy, because he is a small boy. <laughs> or fake gamer cat, because he sits in my gaming chair a lot. And that has been my week, pretty much. Not really done anything else, other than I brought a few tins of Pokemon cards and managed to get two Rainbow Rare cards out of like six packs of Vivid Voltage, so that was good. I went to a shop that actually had just had their delivery of Battle Styles, so I very excitedly bought four packs of each, one of each artwork, and I opened them, and I got three green cards and one hollow, and I was like, oh, what was the got the? Oh, Neil. I'm gonna have, might have to do a Robin and wander off now and find it. <laughs> I remember looking at it going, oh, this is quite nice art, but other than that, I was a bit deflated. Well, later on in the podcast, after all the Pokemon Ghost stuff, we were talking about some of the statistics of what you can pull and what are the rates on them, if that is something that interests people. If not, I guess don't listen to the podcast. I mean, it's been a slow news week. Statistics, quite interesting. I bet, I bet people have a guess now. People, out of all of the cards in Battle Styles, there is one card that is the rarest by a significant amount. Can you guess what it is? And then when we talk about it, we'll probably forget and not tell you. <laughs> No, we'll, we'll bring it up. We'll mention what the rarest card is, but we won't remember that we asked people to guess it. Probably. Right, well, enough about our truly exciting weeks. And more towards the Pokemon news we shall go. And that was an awful transition. <laughs> um, and it's staying in the cut. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Me and Neil are just going to keep referring back to it now, so if you do cut it out, it, the episode won't make any sense at all, so you're going to have to. <laughs> I mean, does the, do the episodes make any sense anyway? Right, good point. Right, so, as usual, we will be starting with Pokemon Go news, because we have a little bit of relevant Pokemon Go news, as normally is the case with Pokemon Go. They normally like to drip feed information quite regularly. And we will start with the April Community Day. They've announced the Pokemon and what kind of things you're going to be getting from it, and I'm happy with it. Do you know which Pokemon it is, Duncan? You have to remind me, please, Robert. It is Snivy, the Grass Snake Pokemon. Uh So this is the first time of getting Snivy in the Community Day. Uh, it is already currently available in shiny but obviously it will have increased chances of it being a shiny as is normally the case on community days 
And if you evolve it, it will get the legacy move Frenzy Plant, which is probably one of the best breast moves you can get for it. Although I don't think it's a particularly good Pokemon for raids or for the leagues either. So that's not really super useful. You get all the other stuff you normally get, like all the bonus stuff, they'll release the box that has like the Pokeballs and stuff like that, the star pieces. Uh, the only thing is you'll get grassy moss laws in it, which you don't normally get. Don't really use them myself too often, but if you're into that kind of thing, great for you. You'll obviously get the $1 or £1 or whatever it is in different denominations to get the extra special event, they've announced that. And the only other thing is you get triple Stardust for it from this event all day. So if you're low on Stardust, I suggest playing Pokemon Go on April 11th, which I probably will. I'll make sure to catch you some shiny ones, Duncan. Yeah, I'm sure Tracy will catch many shinies for me. From like the five Pokemon that she catches. She's been, she's still playing like every day and every single day she's disappointed that she doesn't get a shiny. And I'm like, how, uh, how can you be disappointed? It's a, a rare luxury, not a guaranteed thing. I still feel that shiny increases, like shiny chances have increased a lot. Like when I mm. first started playing, like when I really, when I first started playing and I really went hard, I didn't get a shiny for like thousands and thousands upon Pokemon. And now I seem to get them every couple thousand, which is crazy to me. Considering I don't think I've ever got a shiny once in the actual main series games, other than like the Red Gyarados, which everyone who played Gen 2 probably got the Red Gyarados. I got a shiny Rotor and an X. Exactly the same, but that's blue eyes. When did they introduce shinies? Gold and silver. Was it just a nice new thing? Was there any advantages of having them? Um, no, it's just, look, we're in full colour now, let's do colour changes, bonus rarity, and that's why the Red Gyarados second game event, it's to celebrate the advent of shininess, I guess. Look pretty sometimes, sometimes they don't, sometimes they're very lazy looking. I mean, yes, yeah, some Sarnies are exceptionally lazy with just you, you, one of the ones I really hate is like the Pikachu shiny because it's brownie yellow, I guess. Yeah, it's like a darker yellow one. It's like it's one shade down. Yeah, some of them I think they're really good. I think one of the best shinies, especially from the latest gen, is the Wulu shiny. They change it to a black sheet, black which sheet. I think is really yeah. funny. Sometimes they're very lazy with it. Some of the Galarian forms are quite lazy when it comes to shinies. Like the Galarian Stunfisk, it's shiny is the same color palette as the other Stunfisk. And um, Alolan Grimer and Mug, they're like green colored. Yeah. But in shiny, they're purple, like a Cantonian Grimer and Mug. And it's just like, why? I don't know. So sometimes, like we say, Pokemon are geniuses and sometimes they're just a bit lazy. They play favorites. Definitely. I'm, I'm surprised Charizard doesn't have like four different shines. <laughs> I mean, I mean, technically it does, doesn't like the Megas have shinies? Yeah. So it has three shinies technically. Or if you count the Gigantamax. There you go then. 
So I was it. There you go. Charizard has four shinies. Confirmed. Charizard is the favourite. You heard it here first. <laughs> Only other sort of events we've got this month is obviously the Giovanni research will be returning again. And if you want to catch it, it is Zapdos this month. You'll be getting the shiny for. I caught the Articuno last month. Did you, Duncan? This month, technically, so the month's not over yet. But it was not a shiny. No, you just get this shadow one. I suppose we'll talk about the Spotlight Pokemon this, well, next month, for the month of April. So April 6th, it's going to be Bunnelby. April 13th will be Mankey. April 20th will be Grimer. And April 27th will be Finneon. So nothing particularly too special there. Maybe you'll get some shinies that you didn't potentially get. I don't really like the spotlight hours. I think they're a bit kind of pointless. I don't really do them myself, but yeah. I've yet to get a shiny from the spotlight hours, and admittedly, I don't. I literally just sit at home, catch all the ones that are out, go off for 20 minutes, half an hour, go back on when they've all kind of come back again, catch them all, but actively go out and go, I will poke one for this hour because of it, like I do for a community day or or something else. The only shiny I've ever got from a spotlight hour was Pikachu wearing a hat one, however long ago that was. And that's probably my rarest shiny I have because of it. Which hat though? That's the question. Um, Ash's hat, I think. I actually evolved it into a Raichu for some reason. I think I needed it for an event or something. And I was like, well, I'm not really that fussed. I've just remembered another shiny that I've got in the main series games. Uh, these are full odds as well, I've never actually shiny hunted and bothered to do all of that, they're just like random encounters. It was a Minior in Moon, and <laughs> Minior in the wild, all no self-destruct. Ah. And it broke out of a quick ball, so it was a very panicky attempt at catching it. It was successful, but it was stressful. So like, please don't use self-destruct. That would suck so much. Spending hours hunting for a shiny and then for it just to blow itself up. Unfortunately, I wasn't hunting for a shiny. I was just collecting all of the different core colors. I just happened to come across a shiny at full odds. And I was like, eh, what do I do? What do I do? Eh, throw a ball at it. <laughs> and talking about shinies, I guess, the last little bit of Pokemon news is Rayquaza is returning to raids next month and it will be available in shiny as well. So you get that nice black Rayquaza. It's a cool one. It is pretty, it is probably one of my favourite shiny legendaries. They'll put Mega Rayquaza in the game as well at some point. Yes, right? I imagine it is due at some point. I don't think they've announced it as of yet, but I would imagine it would be coming soon. They might wait for a milestone for that though, or some kind shiny of... Mega, shiny Mega Rayquaza is very nice looking. I don't think they have any... shiny... I don't think they have any Mega Legendaries yet. What do they have Mega? They have... The original trio, uh, Pidgeotto, oh, sorry, Pidgeot, not Pidgeotto, it'd be weird to get a second form, Mega, um, they just added Benetric, Hound Hour, Obama Snow, uh, Alphagross, and I'm probably forgetting another one, yeah, but they don't have any legendaries yet. Mega Mewtwo in the game, yeah? No, I don't think they do, do they? 
Not that I can think of, no. No? I guess the only problem with that is you would struggle with power scaling, I guess. Like, if you were to introduce them, they would probably be really broken. Because they're already the strongest Pokemon anyway, to give them a massive boost. They would probably need to find some way of dealing with that. What was the first one? Was the first one Beedra? I think the I think they came out as a four. I think it was the three starters and Beedra. I think they all came out. But you got Why the, Beedra? I guess Beedra is easy to catch, easy to get the energy for. It's just a nice, easy one to get people into it. I know Beedrill was uh, at one point was actually pretty successful in the actual game, wasn't it? When Megas were first introduced. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that one. That would have been Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire's release time. Mega Beedrill was first introduced in Auras. It wasn't an X and Y. I don't really know what the meta game was like back then. It was basically all Mega Kangaskhan as far as I remember. I don't know if any others really got a chance to have a spotlight with everyone throwing Kangaskhan around. But either way, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the 4, and I guess Beedrill because it looks pretty cool, I like Beedrill's Mega. To be fair, I really like Beedrill as a Pokemon, I prefer it much more to Butterfree. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Butterfree's kind of bland. Also, there are a lot of butterflies and moths. In Pokemon, and you've only really got Beedrill and Vespiquen. Yeah, and yeah, that is it for Pokemon Go, really. Looking forward to the community day, it's nice to get a starter again. How useful it'll actually be, I don't really know. I don't have a, a good one of Snivy, so hopefully, I can get a nice three star shiny, that'd be great. But uh, yeah, moving on to Pokemon card news. We've got a two little interesting bits of news for you. We'll go with the non-statisticy one first. Because it's sort of weird and interesting at the same time. We've basically got there are people now starting to pull the cards from Vivid Voltage and Battle Styles, which are so badly printed. There isn't a yellow border on one side of the card. There's double the border on the other. And you can even start to see the artwork of the card that would have been next to the card. And there is a significant number of these coming out. I obviously don't know the exact number, but there are, like, it isn't a one-off. There are numerous packs out there. So there has obviously been a run where obviously Pokemon has gone wrong in some way. You thought your Lipard was bad. Yeah. I mean, my Lipard was really crooked and diagonal, but it didn't have, like, another card in it. I mean, I, I work in a factory setting myself, and I understand that human error is very possible, but... I was about to uh, say to you that you were telling me a story about your work the other day where, you know, something had gone bad and I was just imagining a Pokemon so we're going oh look these cards are bad and so we're going no they're not they're fine you are fine we'll send them out anyway it's end of the shift on Friday and you find all these ones and you're like 
don't want to restart the printer now. Just, just ship them out. Just ship them out. No one will know. No one will notice. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I imagine. That's probably exactly how it happened. And there's someone in that company called Robert who was like, "What are you doing? This is completely wrong." Yeah. Yeah, so I want to have words with the people that shipped out my level vault in in the condition it was in. Yeah, the, there is a, quite a lot of um, quality issues at the minute with Pokemon products in general, I would say. Kind of can't be helped. There's a huge surge in demand and we're in the middle of a global pandemic. I imagine they're probably struggling with certain supplies to get certain things and they are probably working double, triple over time. So these things happened, unfortunately. To be fair, maybe the people who pulled those cards might be a bit happy because, as in anything with collecting, they are a new rare variant of cards now. Yeah, they're worth nothing if you wanted to get them officially graded, but you can show that off to people that are really big on collecting things that are unique. I would, I mean, I would argue that they fall under misprint and if a large enough number of them come out yeah. they might get their own like category of misprint which would make them a rare part of their collection mm. I mean you're not likely to come across anything that looks quite like that no and that's what collectors want collectors want something to say look I have this no matter how bad it might look if nobody else has something that looks like that then it's it's something to be shown off. So far, I've only seen it with like commons and uncommons. I don't know if it's affected like your rares and stuff like that. So, to be fair, those people are probably pretty happy because the common that was worth 10p has now maybe gone to. I don't know. You might be able to get a couple quid for it if you're lucky. I guess some people win out of it. The final bit of news we have is some odds on the battle styles there's been a lot of people out there who have opened a lot of product and they have compiled a sort of statistics and list of odds for pulls on battle styles so let's play a little game shall we what do you think the odds are of pulling a full art v card is in the battle style set I'll, I'll let you know now, it is less than a hundred. Um, so when you say odds, are we saying one in X amount of packs? Yes. Right. Uh, so the odds of a V card? A full art B. Full art V card? Yes. Not, a, tra a, not a trainer, I'd like to make that. Trainers have their own distinction. A full art V card, I'm going to say one in 25 packs. One in 55. One in 55. Well, quick maths. It is one in 48. So, Duncan, you are closer. Uh, a full art trainer is one in 94. Ooh, wow. But I guess that's just because there's generally less trainers than there yeah. are normal full arts. Yeah, that's true. That's still really low when you think about it. That's like. You'd need like three booster boxes in order mm. to get one. Yeah. So we know that obviously your secret rares are your rainbows and your gold. We'll get to some others in a second, but 
how far away do you think rainbows, oh, sorry, golds are from rainbows? So say for instance, if it was one in 10 to pull a rainbow and one in 15 to pull a gold, you would be five away. What do you think the distance between rainbows and gold is? They're both over 100, so... 200. 200? You think there's a 200 gap between them? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going for... 150. I mean, Duncan's closer, but you're both very wrong. It is 9. You have a 1 in 108 chance of pulling a rainbow and a 1 in 117 of pulling the gold. Wow. Mm. That seems very low to me. Gold cards, particularly the new shining gold cards, would be like really, really, really rare. Apparently not. To be fair, they seem to have been replaced with the. alternate arts because going on to that we won't play this game because we've already talked about the rarity of the cards but the rarest card the hardest card to pull with a rating of one in 803 is the tyranitar alternative art card so yeah that's going to be a very hard one to pull and surprisingly enough, it isn't actually the most expensive card in the set. That only goes to the second most rarest of all, the alternate art VMAXs of the um, Urshifu cards. Are they tied, the two Urshifu? Yes, they are tied. Or is one of them more valuable than the other? Oh, actually, I don't know about value. I would imagine they are similar, but they are probably very close. It's normally the case. I will quickly check because I have a magical device that literally has access to pretty much all the information in the world. Literally sat right next to me. Witchcraft. Do you guys remember at school when your teachers used to say, you'll never have a calculator in your pocket? All lies. Yeah. We just can't say that these days. What do you say now? Well, like, what's their excuse for not letting people use a calculator? Yeah, your, your phone's probably died. Battery's probably died through watching too many videos. <laughs> all I could... So, I was actually technically has taken the top spot just according to TCG Player, which is normally a pretty accurate. You've got the Tyranitar at the current price of $147. Rapid Strike Urshifu VMAX at $134 and then significantly lower so I'm guessing it just isn't competitively viable is the uh, single strike Urshifu at $78 that's nearly half Wow. like I was honestly expecting it to be like five or ten dollars but yeah that's a lot lower I guess maybe rapid strike cards are going to yeah, be maybe. more in the meta than the single strike cards. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, looking at it, I prefer the um, single strike Hershifu art to the rapid strike. I think it looks a bit cleaner. And just for anyone who is interested, it then goes Houndoom at 57, 
Phoebe Secret Rare Rainbow at 52. Rapid Strike Urshifu VMAX the Rainbow at 48. And then Cheryl at 44. And then pretty much you're just getting into all your full arts and stuff. Old Shining Artillery isn't. That isn't is in quite low Even... down. There's just some full arts that are above it. That's very interesting. You'd think those ones would be of similar value. You've got the Phoebe full art is above it. The card text is, during your turn, damage from your Pokemon's VMAX attacks isn't affected by any effects on your opponent's active Pokemon. So I wouldn't even said that was a particularly good effect. But then again, I'm not up to date with the meta. It probably is well, a very good effect. Got, like any abilities or any held items that would reduce damage, nullify damage, whatever, it just bypasses them altogether. Mm. Maybe there's been a new card introduced in this set that makes it very important. Yeah, if they've got like, like uh, I guess if there's a, like a held item card that is like reduce all the incoming damage by fifty or whatever. Yeah, I mean to be fair, like, they've, obviously they've brought out support for rapid and single strike. Maybe there's some very broken cards that are maybe necessary, that are hard to achieve but do a lot. I know there's like a mustard card that's like, if that's your only card, if like, if you play that as your last card, you get like buffs on your Pokemon and then draw five cards. But it obviously has to be the last card in your hand, which isn't the most impossible thing in the world, but obviously isn't super easy to pull off. Yeah, unless you have a deck that's like built around discarding cards. Yeah. Hopefully everyone is able to pull what they want, but from the sounds of it, if you want that Tyranitar V, you will be probably buying it as a very expensive single. How were these odds calculated? Are these just based on...? They are from... Because obviously Pokemon don't actually release odds. I guess if they did, it'd probably make people feel like it's gambling too much. They are generally... These odds are comprised by people who open up large amounts of product and kind of just work the averages out from that. So don't necessarily let these odds dissuade you because at the end of the day it's all just random odd luck. Yeah, I've opened up tons of product and got nothing before. I opened up 50 packs of Rebel Clash and the best I got was 1B Max and as I just said, I opened up six packs of Vivid Voltage and got two Rainbow Rares. So, and they were from completely different tins. So, yeah. You could open up five packs and get the five most expensive cards. You never know. And you could even open up 803 packs of Battle Styles and not pull a Tyranitar. Yeah. Or you could open up 803 packs and pull like six Tyranitar. Yeah. You never know. Just to make it clear, like we're not telling you like this isn't advice and again these numbers are like neil said a little iffy it's an estimation based on one particular person's particular sample yeah for all we know the batch of pokemon cards that have the tyranitars are sat in a warehouse somewhere it's actually a really common card <laughs> that's unfortunately it for pokemon news this week other than like theories and stuff, but it's best not to get into them. I've seen a lot of people have theories about all of the games, but until anything 
more concretes released. We won't be talking about that. So we'll move on to the ending segment of the podcast that apparently Neil keeps forgetting that we do every week, where we will compare the Indigo series against the Journey series. And what's quite interesting about both of these episodes is Ash gains a Pokemon. Yeah, I kind of felt like I was watching the same episode twice, just in a different art style. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't I just watch that? It did have a very... They did, the episodes did have a very similar theme to them. I don't know whether or not that was planned, or it's just... I think it's a, I think it... I, I, I'm going to say it's a massive coincidence that it happened to be that this, you know, that these fell as the 10th episode of their respective series. See, I, I don't know. I feel like Pokemon have a formula. No, it's not. I don't. I doubt that they've got a formula where it's like episode ten, Ash gets his next Pokemon, like his next big Pokemon. I feel that it's like they have. We have X number of episodes planned, and it's like we need to structure it in a certain way. And it's just a again, it's a coincidence that they both fell on this episode. But I feel like that's why. It's like Ash must catch at least five Pokemon on his, you know, in his next adventure. You know, scatter them out accordingly. But anyway, we will get into the a quick synopsis of the episode, and we'll obviously start with the Indigo League first. And we will go with Ash is lost in the woods again, as he is known to do, until he stumbles upon a Oddish, who he decides he wants to catch. But Misty, being the water type trainer, decides that she will catch it instead because it was next to water. Okay, I guess that doesn't make sense, but coverage, I mean, that would be a smart thing to do, I guess, but yeah. She goes to fight the Oddish and she pretty much destroys it. In which case, in which afterwards, a Bulbasaur comes out, absolutely wrecks Misty, and then absolutely wrecks Ash as well. Pretty much destroying both of them pretty comfortably. And then just runs off with the Oddish. And of course, Ash and Misty and Brock chase after it. They go across a rickety bridge. Brock falls in, drowns, probably dies. We'll find out later in the episode. Ash and then Misty Low go to look for Brock and they fall into all these pit traps and like get caught up a tree. And shocker, Brock didn't die and he rescues them and they go back to this secret village where they find someone whose name I don't remember now. Uh I'm really bad at remembering these names. Girl who Brock has a crush on. I mean, that doesn't narrow it down a lot. Other than Misty, I'm pretty sure Brock has a crush on every girl in the series ever. I don't remember her name. I want to say it began with a C, something like Claire or Chloe or something like that. Maybe Cassandra? We'll call her Cassandra. So, Cassandra's running this, like daycare for a weak and injured Pokemon 
and Bulbasaur is defending them to stop mean trainers from capturing them. Like Misty, apparently. I mean, to be fair, she did go pretty hard on that Oddish. Despite the fact that she used a type weak against it, but anyway. I know, that must be a really weak Oddish. Yeah. Kind of glad they didn't catch it. So Bulbasaur turns up and tries to force Ash and Misty to leave. Well, more Ash than Misty, but because he doesn't want mean trainers to capture all his friends that he's protecting. As is normally the case, Team Rocket turn up with a stadium tied to balloons, which they seem to have spawned out of nowhere. Well, they just went to some nearby stadium and tied balloons to its roof, and that pulled the roof off because... Reasons. I don't know, I guess you just can't get the staff these days. And they also had access to a giant hose in that stadium as well. So they, they use the giant hose to try and steal all the weak Pokemon. They do know they're weak. They do weak they do know they're weak Pokemon. Why would they want to steal weak Pokemon? Well, they've not been very successful before in the previous nine episodes. Maybe they were like actually stealing a Pokemon weak might be better than no Pokemon. I mean, if they're like, their boss must be pretty unhappy with them because they're wasting all their money on balloons and hoses and they've got nothing to come from it. So at least they can go back and say, look, we have Pokemon, finally. Yeah, probably. They're the equivalent of workers who, who send out Pokemon cards that are only, you know, half done. Or have half of them hard on. That's the equivalent of that. They they work in the fact that they sent out those cards. Yeah, probably. Just uh, I mean they probably are employees of Pokemon technically. If you look in some kind of weird legal thing, they use the giant hose try and steal the Pokemon. The really weak Oddish almost gets sucked in. Bulbasaur saves it, kind of, but then Ash runs over and helps pull them inside. So, you know, that's sort of the maybe he's not so bad moment of the episode. And then Bulbasaur and Pidgeotto manage to defeat the giant hose and send Team Rocket packing as usual. And it ends on Cassandra, maybe? Saying that um, Bulbasaur should go with Ash because he'll make a strong member of his team, but Ash decides no, I want to beat it up first because I'm a good trainer <laughs> in which he decides to use an electric type against a grass Pokemon oh and by the way, Pikachu wins pretty much by just headbutting each other very weird battle they had I couldn't quite figure that one out they just sort of headbutt each other for ages and then Pikachu Thunderbolts it and wins. That's what's the style of the time. Mm. So yeah, and we get... I would say Ash's first major Pokemon of the series, like other than Pikachu, like first major capture. Obviously, Butterfree and Pidgeotto are big, but Bulbasaur, Starter, you know, the worst Starter. Don't come at me, it is the worst style. Um, 
So a pretty important episode overall, I would say. Not really a huge fan of it. Or was I, Duncan? I didn't think we were there, whatever your outcome is. I quite enjoyed it. I thought it wasn't a bad one. Nothing special, but nice, solid episode. Nice to get a Pokemon at the end of it. So yeah, I quite enjoyed that one. I think I just didn't like the weird battling. I think that's my only thing. But I'm assuming that's probably more an animation effort than anything. We're still also in weird Pikachu voice land. Yeah. I'm less bothered about it this week because it's less, obviously, it's, I'm, I'm somewhat used to it now. It's not a shock. It was less noticeable. It was only like, I can't remember where it was, but there was like one little bit where I caught it and I was just like, oh, it's the same voice from last week. There was less prominent. That's why Pikachu just vanished for half the episode. Well, you know, this episode was all about Bulbasaur, doing Bulbasaur things. And moving on to journeys, we have Ash and Go decide that they want to catch a Dragonite because, I mean, it's a really good Pokemon, why not? And Ash, uh, as is seems to be the case, Go pulls out his phone and is just like, yeah, this really secretive and rare Pokemon, I just Googled it and I've found out exactly where it is. <laughs> because apparently people don't know how to use phones in the Pokemon world or don't have access to like Google maybe maybe they all secretly live in China <laughs> and, uh, and Go just has like an American phone or something it's got a VPN yeah yeah but his phone has a Rotom in it maybe Rotom is a VPN yeah maybe maybe everyone else is wasting and putting them in like washing machines and stuff and he's the only, <laughs> the only one putting him in his phone. Uh, anyway, they go to find out where the Dragonites are. First of all, they decide to catch Dugongs for some reason. I guess because they so needed... They can, so they can surf to this random location on Go's map. Yes. Because Go is a Pokemon Go player. He thinks they're just throwing Pokeballs or something will do. Like, a hundred of them. Which was very strange to me. I got very confused in that scene because... Pokeballs in the anime world don't get used up if the catch fails. You just you can just pick the ball back up. It does, they don't break. I mean, to be fair, he was throwing them into the water. Maybe he just couldn't be bothered to fish them out of the water. Pokemon Go logic into into the anime. So, once he caught his dugong, they ride the dugong to where they think the island's going to be. But unfortunately... Apparently they got the dugong that embodies Brock because he sees a female dugong and just decides screw you guys I'm gonna chase the lady dugong and they get caught up in a storm and they end up falling off and kind of washing up on this well no sorry they don't they um, they get rescued by a group of Dragonites who take them to a secret island that no one has been to before. Yeah, they they first people ever to find this secret island and they find the Dragonairs like dancing together. They do a dragon dance which makes their ears grow and then they can fly. But there's like a little sad weak one that can't, that sort of follows Ash around. They have a very interesting conversation which I'd like to talk about. Why does Dragonite evolve so weirdly? Is there a reason beyond the one Ash gave that they just need arms to rescue people? 
because that's a mystery for the ages I mean, my feeling on it is, is they were just like, we've made Dragonite this really strong, hard to get Pokemon, but how do we make it actually hard to get beyond just being another legendary static encounter? And they had like the Dratini and Dragonair line, and it was probably going to end there. And they were just like, put them together, I will figure it out. I honestly don't know. I don't know if there is an explanation for that. It's just sort of the way it always was. Mm. I quite like how they questioned it in the episode. I thought that was quite a nice little... It felt like they were actually investigating, which was quite nice. Yeah. It's also nice to get height-accurate Dragonites in an anime, not like the 80-foot Godzilla one that we got in the original series. So... They manage to sneak off to a cave in which they find Dratini's molting their skin and apparently they make clothes out of Dratini skins which is another weird fact they added that I don't think is ever mentioned in any of the games. Eventually it leads to Ash trying to train the, the one Dratini who can't fly to be able to fly and it involves him electrocuting himself a lot on a sticky web. He obviously learned from that like episode of the original series where getting electrocuted makes you better. He learned from that. True, true. That's probably the quicker way to do it. Mm-hmm. You but, won't hit the ground if there's electricity below you. And yeah, the Dratini learns to fly from training Dragonair. with Ash. Oh yeah, Dragonair. Dra- Dragonair sorry, yeah, not not Dratini. They've got two similar names. I don't like it when Pokemon have really <laughs> similar names. I get confused really easily. And then it's revealed that that Dastardy Team Rocket followed them again and they've managed to capture a Dragonite and that Ash and his Dragonair have to go and save it and Team Rocket used like the egg, what is it, the super prize machine or whatever they keep calling it. Something like that. And they get themselves a Waylord that only knows one move, Splash. Yeah, why does Team Rocket Headquarters have that? I mean, to be fair, if I had that Pokemon, that would be the team I would give it to. <laughs> like, there's so many Pokeballs in that thing, it's like, surely there could have been something better they could have used. Or actually, there could have been something worse they could have used. Imagine if they'd, like, got a Pokeball with a dog trio in it. Yeah, that would have like, been... Where's a... that gonna go? <laughs> Just horribly drowns. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so surprisingly, the Waylord using Splash does not go very well for the Team Rocket stood on a little life raft. Equally does not go very well for Ash and Go. But in the end, they manage to break the Dragonite out of the cage. And as Ash is sort of like falling off a tsunami, the Dragonair comes up, evolves, and saves him. Takes him back to the well, island. Really needed arms to save people. Yes, that that is that is Ash's explanation, by the way. That's why they have arms because Dragonite is very well known for its rescuing of people. Again, not really too sure that's in the Pokédex anywhere, but anyway, maybe Go and Ash will add it in as official entries now. And yeah, that's uh, the Dragonite sort of joins Ash, and that's kind of how the episode ends. And, and that Waylord does not go anywhere. No, it's still probably... Team Rocket were blasting off and they just left that Waylord behind, so I guess that Waylord's... I guess Team Rocket have to explain how they lost a Waylord. Yeah. It's gonna be some poor trainer who captures that Waylord and is like, no, 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 Splash. 
They'll have to do some switch training or EV shares. EV? XP. XP shares. But yeah, as sort of weird as this episode was, I think I preferred the journey episode this week. Oh no, Robin. Oh, why is that, Duncan? I agree with you. Oh. Oh, that's unfortunate. I thought both of them were actually quite good episodes. I quite enjoyed both of them. Again, I felt they were the same episode. It was just like, mm, how do I choose between these two? Because they're the same thing. I mean, yeah, it's literally Ash goes somewhere, finds Pokemon, fights Team Rocket, Pokemon decides to join him. Yeah. If you kind of break it down to its simplest form. Rather than that. Secluded. You know, secluded area where Pokemon are, you know, living happily and freely and, you know, they have protectors looking after them. Team Rocket comes to try and take away the protectors. Protector, one of the protectors, decides to join Ash. Yeah. What I want to see is next week when Ash is off, I don't know, looking at whatever, is when Jesse and see, right, I've figured it out. I've just literally just figured out why Jesse and James are still on Team Rocket. Basically, Giovanni lets them go do whatever they do. And then when they leave to follow Ash, he sends the actual good people in to go catch all those Dragonite. <laughs> so, like, they get blasted off. They report back. He goes, oh, well, here's another... Here's, like, a... I don't know. A Bidoof that only knows Flash. Go fight that Pikachu again. <laughs> Oh, what? No, they, they managed to find, I don't know, Xerneas? I'll go capture that then. That's exactly what uh, yeah, happens. Do you reckon find that island? Exactly. As far as, like, Giovanni knows. Yeah. So, they're just a really bad scouting party for him. <laughs> or a really good scouting party. Yeah. But you're, the, you're the first person who's ever figured it out. Maybe they've got access to Google as well. Yeah, so what about you, Neil? Which which one are you picking then? Are you going to? Oh, I need to remember. I need to remember the quote. I don't remember the quote. Oh, I don't even remember the 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 book that we read. What was the book? The play? Ah, uh, Ibsen. Ibsen. Oh God. Uh, oh, the minority is always right. Yes. Was it Enemy of the People or something? Enemy uh, of the People. Yes. Ah, uh, dramatic memories flooding back. Are you going to be right, Neil, or are you going to be wrong and join the majority? (laughs) Well, the majority has already spoken, so there is already a victor. And I was really hoping that would happen because I can't decide. I'm generally stuck because they're just... They were just so, so similar. Like, I literally have no idea how to choose between these, so I was hoping I could abstain from voting. So it was a majority. Already decided before I spoke. So you're still in the minority by abstaining. Sure, let's go with that. So the right answer is neither of the episodes were the best episode. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm gonna vote for the episode of the Flash that I watched this week. <laughs> I mean, the main reason I picked Journeys is the simple fact of it's like you said, Duncan. The fact they asked the question about Dragonite's arms. And it's just little things like that just sort of fleshes the world out a little bit for me. 
uh, Dratini shedding its skin and then being like, yeah, we can make clothes out of that. It's only little things, but I feel like it adds to the world a little bit, which in an episode that is fairly similar to the original, that that's that's what tipped it for me. I feel like the, the original episode is more just Pokemon are for battling. Uh, would you do anything else with? And then, like you say, that other one was just a little few more touches that were nice. And then I feel like Ash got the Dragonite. He's not like, oh yeah, this is a strong Pokemon I'm going to fight with. It's just, yeah, I've got a new companion. Whereas Ash is probably in the original one. But was sort of great. I can actually have someone else to send out other than Pikachu who might win a battle. I can finally fight all those pesky fire-type Pokemon. <laughs> it was nice to have a catch in a Journeys episode that actually meant something. Yeah. Because nothing Go has caught has ever, apart from School Bunny, has ever been a big deal. Because he just throws Pokeballs at things and that's it. And you might see that Pokemon for the duration of an episode and then you'll never see it again. We do they don't that, become yeah. we don't actual know. characters. The catching doesn't become a big deal. So it's kind of nice for main character to catch something and have catching something be special again. I mean, I've not seen the next episode, Neil. Maybe that Dragonite never appears again. Who knows? <laughs> Oh no, it's Ash, he'll probably release it. Probably. And yeah, so what's the what's the score again, guys? I always forget. The score is now 5-5. Five, five. Ooh, 5-5. Five, five. Ooh. You know what? I, I genuinely did think when I was in this series, I was debating it of like, should we do it against it? Because I'm pretty sure like Indigo's just gonna win every time, but I think the problem with nostalgia is I only remembered the good episodes. Yeah. I didn't remember you, all the stuff in the middle. Being better than they are, and we went back and were like, no, oh, that wasn't quite as good as I remember. I think what's also interesting is we're doing this as an episode comparison thing. If we were to just say, if we were to watch the entire, obviously the entire of Journeys isn't out yet, but if we were to watch the entire of Indigo and the entire of Journeys and decide which is better based on the whole series, I feel that Indigo would probably win quite easily, but when you're judging individual episodes based on their individual merits, compare, the only thing that compares them is the fact that they are the same number in a series. Yeah, it's, it's like I was saying even last week or the week before, it'll be interesting to see when we start getting to the League episodes when it, the story really starts to ramp, ramp up in like every episode is an important episode and if I'm remembering correctly the battles are actually pretty good I, I feel that Indigo will probably just sweep that yeah. there'll be a big block where it's all just Indigo for the simple fact of unless Journeys actually starts having an overarching story that's what will let it down I feel that we're coming up to some strong Indigo episodes. I don't think we're that far away from, you know, from the SSM two-parter. Which I remember them being pretty good. Like, I remember them. So, yeah, hopefully. But anyway, join us in, like, two years' time when we probably hit the Pokemon League, because that's, like, episode 70 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> If, yeah, if we're still if we're still only ever doing one episode a week, it's gonna take us a while to get there. The anticipation, Neil, mm. keeps them coming back each week. I, I, I've got to say, guys, I think that we 
I think we've we've really had a good episode this week because Polly has actually been awake for half of it. We must have been remotely. <gasps> wow. We're not fulfilling our promise to keep animals awake when we haven't had a good one. Damn. I just won't upload this episode then. <laughs> ah, but even if she, if she's been awake, has 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 there, have there been any tail wax? There, there have been no tail wax, just a paw to say, "Give me some fuss." But okay, that's accept that's acceptable then. That's a requirement in this world. So you can upload it, Robin. Just put a warning on it. Just be like, um, "Apologies, but it may keep your animal awake." Yeah, maybe. Yes, your 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 dog may want fuss. Yeah. This may cause your dog to want fuss. It's going to be really weird when I put that at the beginning of the podcast and people listen to like the hour-long podcast just for this one little section at the very end for it to finally make sense. <laughs> ah, but they have to go all the way through it to work it out or they'll never True. know. True. Curiosity will leave them alive. Anyway, that's it for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Let us know if you pulled the Tyranitar. Uh, and then you... send us the Tyranitar yeah and send it me that, that'd be great if you pull three Tyranitars <laughs> just send them to each of us that'd be super swell or just you know any of the really really rare cards If tell you what if you just pull a really rare card just send it to me I would really appreciate it in fact you know, don't take don't take the chance and just send us the packs yeah that'd be nice well as always I've been Robin. And I am Neil. Uh, And I have been Duncan and an awake Polly. And that has been the Gam Region News at 8. Goodbye, everyone. Make sure to send us the packs. It's very important. (laughs) Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And if you'd like any more content out there, you can always search for myself at Robin underscore Collects on YouTube and TikTok. The same goes for Duncan. You can find him on TikTok at Yadoing. That's been it for everyone at the Gala Region News at 8. Good luck hunting, everyone. And remember, stay safe.